0: good morning we're going to the table of blessing this morning a little later in the service so be preparing your hearts for communion we find ourselves in this gospel series called mark it up week 16 preaching through the book of mark man i've had a great time i hope you've had uh, a rich time of studying god's word with together turn to mark 14 we find ourselves in this section loves extravagance God's love is so extravagant toward us in Jesus It's not maybe a new truth that you don't know It's just a truth that we need to be reminded about this love that cost Jesus everything and we find ourselves there in this gospel that Mark pens Really revealing to us the life of Jesus the miracles of Jesus that we've been walking through over the last few months and this morning This 14th chapter we we said a few weeks ago. We we were turning our hearts toward Jerusalem We were turning toward the cross turning toward resurrection i love this video because it just sets it up about the cup of blessing and what god's done for us and it just reminds us in a visual kind of way but this morning i I would say to you the very first blank to fill in would be this is an act of loving sacrifice this act costs christ everything earlier we celebrated communion as, as as a worship team and we'll celebrate it here together and Sometimes we run through this act of worship, this uh, ritual that we do in the church of Jesus Christ. It has such profound meaning. But I pray we'd slow down and we'd see the sacrifice of Christ. Mark makes known in his letter here in these chapters that the time is short for Jesus on this earth. His mission is almost completed. The Passover will be celebrated. That's where we find ourselves today. The Passover was only to be celebrated in Jerusalem. And they said during that time, some 3 million people would gather in Jerusalem and surrounding parts of that region. That's a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? I think Alabama, I don't remember the latest statistic. I want to say it's 6.5 million. Is that about right? Is that about how many residents we have in the state of Alabama? Anybody know? If not, we'll just go with that one, okay? And uh, and, and if it's wrong, send me an email. I'll go, hey PK, it was seven million, or it was a little less, but a lot of people. So about half of that gathered in this area. I've been to Jerusalem, and Jerusalem's not a very big area. It's definitely not a metropolis. It's definitely a shopping area today. It's very touristy, but people go there for the ancient ruins. They they go there, the birthplace and the resurrection of Christ. But here, as we look at this extravagant devotion, but I want to. Look at the Scriptures. I'm reading now the New Living Translation. Listen to God's Word, the first nine verses. It was now two days before Passover and the festival of unleavened bread, and the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill Him, but not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or the people may riot. One translation says, or there might be a great uproar, and I think they were right. Verse 3, Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon of who had previously had leprosy while he was eating, and a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from its essence of nard. She broke open the jar, poured the perfume over his head, and some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Let's just stop there. Can you imagine? I mean, they were like, this woman's doing a really noble act that we'll see. And they scold her. They come against her. But let's keep going. Verse 6. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached, Throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and it will be discussed. And here it is this morning, a couple thousand years later, and we're remembering this great act of this woman. It's interesting when you read this, they talk about this woman. But if you read the Gospels in context, in totality, the, the full work, John gives the woman a name. You know what her name is? Mary. She's the sister of Mary and Martha. We open this section of Scripture, and it says they find themselves in Bethany. That's where Jesus had met Lazarus, or called him forth from the dead. That's where the girls were, and here is a sister. And Mary does this incredible act. Here's what I find interesting. A couple weeks ago, about the second coming, we were preaching on, I was preaching on here then dave went down there to the widow's mite she offered that little bitty almost insignificant but all that she had sacrificially to jesus and now we find a woman after that she offers up a year's wages possibly she offers up this expensive perfume that had an aroma of fragrance and pours it over the head of jesus christ and yet she's scolded she's put down because of her single-minded single-hearted devotion extravagance displayed. Now, you you know, just think about it. Sometimes people tell me, Pastor, I can't smell, so that doesn't work for you. But if you have a sense of smell, can you just smell that room? Can you just smell our Savior in this perfume being poured over Him for burial? It was rich. You ever had anybody walk by you and they had a lot of perfume on? Don't look at anybody in the room. But have you have you, have you ever been? I, I walk as you know all the time. And sometimes and I, I meet nationals and internationals and in all walks of life as I walk. But one day recently, a lady walked by me and I thought it was a perfume factory. It overcame my great sweat. It overcame her little do <laughs> and I smelled that perfume. I went, wow. And as I think about this, I just think, you know, perfume has that ability. And here it was preparing for the burial of Jesus. She just wanted to show Jesus how much she loved him. Now, so filled in, the first act, it's a loving sacrifice that this woman gives to Christ. I mean, that's a, a, an incredible gift, an expensive gift, and we'll see the most commemorable Expensive meal in a few moments when we celebrate it, but here it is It's displayed for all the people it it captures the attention of the people so much that they had something to say about it And I bet they talked about it for a long time, but Jesus we already read it He said but this will be told about this woman. This will be told about Mary through the ages about her single devotion That is to be remembered because she was precious. She she loved Christ She knew this was no insignificant act. She might be the only person that really got it. That Jesus would go to the cross. Jesus would die. Jesus would need preparation for burial. This woman got it. And so many times we don't get it. And they didn't get it. But she got it. So I want to celebrate her. I want to hold her up. She also, she takes this incident and she shows the true value of it. Oh, it's not just that it's the perfume. It's the saviour. Is how she honors him. So we could draw all kind of practical applications around that. And just think about it. How do you and I honor Jesus? One of the ways is we honor him with our tithes and offerings, as we give our first fruits, as we give portions of our income, as we support our church, as we support missionaries, as we support parachurch organizations with ministries, as we support the poor, on and on. Those are living displays of the gospel that Christ is highly exalted. That he's more important than my local little stuff also this lady mary her timing was perfect because very soon jesus would go to the place of burial he would need to be prepared here here's what i'd write if you're still you're saying keith you're hung up on this woman i am because i've not seen much devotion like this this lady is unselfish just write that in your notes unselfish act of mary and then i'd ask myself and i'd ask you When's the last time you practiced an unselfish act toward the Savior? When is the last time you practiced an unselfish act toward people in your family? Here's the big one. When's the last time you practiced an unselfish act toward an enemy? Well, keep on preaching, preacher. That's a little bit too convicting. I understand. But that's just what Jesus wants out of you and me. So it's an act of loving sacrifice. Look at this. It awakened. Feel that in. It awakened a response see something was stirred in her when jesus was present we have read all these stories and miracles up to this point and we see how people respond to jesus this lady responded in a way that i don't think i've ever seen in scripture it's very powerful the third thing is that jesus measures sacrifice by proportion the widow that seemed to have given hardly anything but she gave everything more than she had that was proportional Giving and Jesus was so turned on. He was so elated. He was so uh, In love he was so committed to her. He saw her heart And then I think about what about the acts or the gifts that we give You're saying because you know a lot of times, you know people always will tell me what if I just do this If I just inherit a lot of money preacher We're gonna start giving a lot of money to the church if we win the lottery pastor Would you take the money from the lottery? Amen We'll take that unrighteous stuff up for the righteous. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, we, we, we receive it to use for the glory of God. But the thing is, God, we want to give our best gifts. We want, in, in the Greek, the word is karyos. It's, it's, here's, here's what I want you to see. It's beautiful devotion. That's what Mary had for Jesus. And I'm thinking this morning, man, I need some. I need some beautiful devotion daily. I I have this little prayer that I pray, Lord Jesus, clothe me in compassion and kindness and humility, that people might see you in me. And I need the fragrance like you do of Christ, that that goes ahead. There's a pleasing aroma to God the Father. God fill our church. How many of you want God to fill our church with the aroma and the presence of the living Christ? And it's just sweet. And people coming here to go, wow. There's something so sweet about this place. And you got to go. It's the presence of God. And the presence of God dwells in hearts of men and women and boys and girls. And that's what I'm begging God for. God, do that in our fellowship. Make it so winsome, so attractive that people are compelled to come here. They're compelled to bring their friends because they just want to get in the presence of Christ. Christ is enough. How many of you believe that Jesus is enough this morning? There was a guy I read about decades ago. as a new believer. His name was C.T. Studd. He was a missionary to Africa. And he basically gave away everything that he had. Great wealth. And he was married. But he put aside some just for his wife. And he told her, Now, you haven't complained. We've given our wealth to the kingdom. But i got some set aside for you, sweetie. You're my prize. She went to him a little later and she goes, I'm grateful that you love me so much. But I want you to know, why would you think that you love God so much that you could give everything away, but you've got to do for me? I love God the same amount. I want you to give my portion away for the kingdom. I trust Christ. And I'm like, wow, what a radical couple. What a radical people that they gave all that they had. Really, it's a modern-day act of this woman, because it's not like this woman probably had you know, all kind of savings and all kind of money. Man, she just broke open this alabaster because she was responding because Christ had done something for her. I love this. And so here's the last thought. No sacrifice is ever too great for Jesus. Amen? Wait a minute. Amen? No sacrifice. Whatever sacrifice we give, if God leads us to make it, make it. Don't disappoint him. The rich young ruler had all that wealth. Oh, Jesus. No, Jesus. And turns and walks away sad with his head down. So whatever Christ calls us to do, God give us courage to do it. Now, let's look down here. Let's look down here at verse 10. Ugh, now it starts getting ugly. I love the first part of this passage. I don't like this next section. It, it, it's kind of ugly. It has the J word in it, Judas. Have you ever noticed nobody names their kid Judas, and there's a good reason. You're like, What's your boy's name? Judas. <laughs> okay, well, I'd probably be finding a new name. Here we go. Then Jude, in verse ten, then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priest to arrange to betray Jesus to them, and they were delighted when they heard why he had come, so they promised to give him money, so he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Judas was the treasurer of the group. Judas was all about money. Judas was all about greed. Judas was all about himself. And we know what he ends up doing, but Jesus loved Judas with an incredible love. But look at verse 12. I, I want, we'll come back to Judas in a minute because he's not, Jesus isn't through with him. Verse 12, we get down to communion. We get down to the Last Supper that we'll celebrate this morning. On the first day of the festival of the unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples ask him, where do you want us to go and prepare a Passover meal for you? So Jesus sent two of them into Jerusalem with their instructions. As you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. And at the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up, and that is where you should prepare a meal. So the two disciples went to the city. They found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the twelve disciples as they were in the table. They were at the table eating. Jesus said, "I tell you the truth, one of you eating with me here will betray me." Uh oh! And as he says that, greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, "Am I the one?" He replied, It is the one of you twelve, it's one of the twelve who's eating from the bowl with me, for the Son of Man must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better if that man had never been born. I'm going to stop. Ooh. He said it had been far better had this person not been born. He's talking about Judas here, folks. Verse 22. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread, blessed it, he broke it into pieces, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. He took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and they drank all of it. And he said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. He poured it out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth. This truth is amazing right here. I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And then they sang a hymn and they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now this interesting thing about what they sang here, did they sing Chris Tomlin? Did they sing Lauren Daigle? Did they sing Shout to the Lord? I really dated myself on that one, didn't I? That's Darlene Check. That's what really started this movement. No, you, you know you know what it was? They sang the Psalms. And they sang a lot of Psalms to the Lord. They sang some, and then they probably broke it, and then they sang again. That's what the Psalms really is. It's a collection of, of worship lyrics. That's why so many artists today, man, they've just figured out, man, Jesus has got this thing down. And they'll take the Psalms, like, man, that's a, that's a catchy tune. Those are great words. Like, well, it's in the Scripture, man. It's right here. It's just you got a great beat for it, and let's go for it. But here it is. It's, it's the problem here at the supper. It, it's the Passover meal. So just without spending a lot of time here, just write in, in your notes today Exodus chapter 12 and start reading that chapter more. It talks about the Passover experience where... He, he crosses over because the blood is applied to the doorpost, that the death angel might pass over, that the firstborn might not die, that the firstborn might not be taken. We have protection. It was the blood. It was the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. But let me tell you, folks, it's the blood. It's the blood. I, I get so excited. I love when we sing about the blood. The blood has never lost its power. Amen? Amen. And some people say, oh man, you sounding like a Baptist now. You sound about all that blood. That's a blood. Let me tell you something. If you take the blood away from the gospel, you ain't got gospel. The blood applied, unblemished sacrifice. The blood of Christ that takes away all our sin, that covers our sin. Man, I hope we rejoice in that. It symbolizes this Passover here, as they took it, it symbolized cleansing. Moral, spiritual cleansing for the people. And here, I want you to write down Psalm 113 through 114. That's what they begin to sing. Begin to sing. They begin to sing, but it could have been saying. And then they would go on to 115 through 118 as I've studied this text over and over. It was a great time. Now, if I just picked up my Bible and said, Y'all, let's just start singing the Psalms, it'd probably be pretty ugly, so we won't. But I think they had it down. They, they knew what they were doing. The Lamb, Christ, Oh actually, that's what the, it was a foreshadow, he was yet to come. When we celebrate Passover today, the Lamb has come. The Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, is my Savior. The Lord Jesus, He is my Master. That's what we celebrate as New Testament believers in the house of God in 2018. Amen. All this nonsense about what is a Christian what is sin sin is sin I, I I tell you guys I'm having these discussions monthly with people now people are saying oh that's not really sin and to be honest with you we don't even know what sin is and they've got theology degrees I'm like have you stuck your head in a bucket and buried it come on dude that is just crazy like it's sin read your Bible I'm sorry, I'm gonna get on a tangent. I just, guys, I just love God. I love God's Word. I want you to love God's Word. People have gotten mad at me. That ain't nothing new. They're gonna continue. But let me tell you something at the end of the day, I want you to know that you knew this book, but you knew the Lord of this book, and you worshiped Him because He had given you truth. Amen? And, and you're saying, You're passionate about it. I am passionate about it. People discounting this today the Word of God, the Passover, they're celebrating. And the lamb had been appropriated in the Passover for the individuals. Today, the lamb has been appropriated. Have you received it? Have you rejected it? Have have you pushed it to the side? Have you cast him and said, Jesus, another day. Come back another day, Jesus. Jesus, come back another decade. Jesus, come back when I'm through having fun. Jesus, I'm young. i got to sow my oats. How many of you are glad that Jesus did not call you home or come back before you got through sowing your oats? I'm holding my hand high. You know what I'm saying? Why are y'all laughing at me at 19 man grace the blood christ became real he became magnificent you're saying well keith that happened to me at eight at six happened to me at 66 Whenever, man praise the lord let it happen to you have this christ here it is i got to tell you this rejoicing in the blood i'm gonna get back to this it's so good what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of jesus oh precious is that flow that makes me white as snow no other fount i know but the i can tell the ones that grew up in the church with the hymns and the other ones are going i don't know but i think it's the blood of jesus you know it's like that story we tell all the time it's really hokey but it works like look you know a little boy sitting in sunday school and he's describing his things this thing. says, man it's a furry it's it's really cute and it's got little teeth on it. It's got a long bushy tail. Sitting there, what is it? Little boy sitting there looking. He goes, man, it sounds like a squirrel, but they're going to sound stupid. He said, Jesus? <laughs> no, it was a squirrel, okay? Every, everything's just not Jesus, okay? That, that's not just the answer to everything. You know, We call them the Sunday school answers. Just go, you know, you're not listening. They go, Johnny, what did I say? Jesus. You know, it's like, you ever been in the car riding with your kids home? Go, what did y'all talk about today? Jesus. I mean, that's a safe answer every week. Well, I'm glad y'all talking about it. What else? Jesus. That means they weren't listening, okay? Get them to give you a little explanation about what went on. I see artwork at our front door at the church. I'm amazed how the gospel and how the Old Testament characters look when your kids get through drawing them. I, I, I look at some stuff and they go, oh, oh. And, and, and I, I quit guessing a long time ago because I named the wrong thing. Then they're offended and they quit coming to church. So I just I go, what is it? And then they tell me, oh, oh, I see it now. I lied i don't really see it but you know i want to feel good No, you know that's i know pastor shouldn't lie but i'm trying to help the little kid i'm trying to encourage him you know it's like you need to go to art class son okay daughter you're not doing too good so the whole thing here is the plan for preparation was the passover they always plan to celebrate the passover feast we we do it monthly here now some churches do it weekly some churches do it quarterly some churches hardly ever do it but today, we, we make preparation. I try to let you all know a lot of times ahead of time so you can prepare your heart. And today, I let you know early on that we're celebrating communion. We want to be prepared. Uh, here, these, these men, they, 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 they gathered. And I started to do it today, but we didn't. But, but I'll just tell you what we did. Several years ago, Mark, you remember this, about where you're sitting, uh, kind of over towards you, Paige? I sat round table right in the middle of that room. And I put it real low. And then, we, then I put big fluffy pillows all the way around. Because that's how they sell See, Leonardo da Vinci, he didn't know what he was doing. He painted disciples all in a straight line. That ain't the way it happened, folks. That, that's, they messed it up. I'm telling you what happened in Jewish history. They all sat around in this little bitty low pillows around the table. And I started to do it today for y'all. And then somebody told me, well, the congregation's aged a little bit. Some of them can't get down. They can't get back up. And I go, that'd be embarrassing. So we're not doing it, so i got to explain it to you, okay? But, but here it is. They, and, and then the Bible says they reclined. They were sitting down low on the pillows. You ever got on the floor with your kids with a pillow and you lay down low? It's fun, isn't it? But you know who got down there with Jesus? John. But guess who else? The goat got down there. I mean, the goat. Judas. I think Judas loved Jesus and I know Jesus loved him and he climbed up to Jesus and he laid his head on Jesus chest. Whoa! And Jesus had already said, one of you is gonna betray me! Now, what would you have done if somebody was fixing to sell you out and betray you? Would you invite them to eat your Twinkies? No! Go home! And Jesus Loved Judas he was still good but you know let me tell you write this down Judas made a choice bless you whatever that was Judas made a choice we make a choice to re- all kind of stuff going on him to receive or to reject that's what I'm trying to say okay I think you got the picture now we're gonna to get to the table in a few moments I'm just excited about it because we So many times make simple choices. Look there in the middle of the page. Here's the word announcement. Beside that, after Jesus washes the feet of the disciples, he he, he makes an announcement that there's one here. And that one is Judas Iscariot. There's the astonishment of the disciples that one in their posse, one in their group, one of their disciples is a betrayer, is a disciple. Or, or, or supposedly a disciple, but one is going to sell all up Jesus. He's going to give him up. You know, you've been in situations, you've been on a ball team, you've been in a, a school event, or you've been in a life, you've been in your workplace, and somebody sold you out, or somebody betrayed the confidence, and, and it, it just it felt wrong. But what I learned from this story, I've read it over and over and over, I love how Jesus loves his enemies. That's why Jesus says with moral authority, pray for those that persecute you love those that hate you and i can't and i imagine you can't but with the power of the holy spirit and the love of jesus in our hearts we can it's always a good thing to love those that aren't for us it's hard right now on your worship guide just start writing down to people you're having a hard time loving no don't do that because you'll leave it behind and i'll go wow i'm on there or your no, I don't want you to do this is the exercise you do with Jesus just say Jesus show me if there's anybody in my heart that I don't like or I don't love or I just really wish you'd take them out Jesus show me how to love them with the love of the Savior but Jesus here around this table that was a style they adopted in Rome during those days and uh, and I, I wanted you to see that because as I've read this for so long when I think about Jesus possibly cradling the head of, G- of Judas, I see, oh, what love, oh, perfect love that would die for me. And I'm quick to get on Judas because of his betrayal, but if I'm honest, I've betrayed Jesus more than once. I've sold him out. And he calls me come come to me you that are thirsty come to me you that are hungry and i'll satisfy you that's our savior so the lord jesus knew that judas would betray him even at the last supper then look at this section here the most expensive meal verse 22 look there with me he talks about take this eat this this is my body Man, this is a, a, a living parable metaphor that gets explained for the ages for all time. Jesus has taken the wrath that God had poured out, the wrath that should have been mine. The, the video explained it well. That cup of wrath that I and you should have taken, forfeited because of Jesus. Praise God. What a Savior. I think that's one of the reasons we praise our God he stands and takes our punishment in our place. He stands in the gap. Man, that is an incredible, magnificent, awesome, stunning Savior. Do you know Him? Do you love Him? I already had somebody this morning said, last weekend, and this person's heard me preach for 22 years. She goes, I felt closer to God last Sunday morning on your message in that altar than I have in my whole experience here. I went, Wow i'm like man that's strong that's that's what i want for everybody to experience the fullness of christ that somehow today or next week or soon you draw nearer to christ than you've ever been not oh i was close to christ at 15. oh at 18 at 37 i was close to jesus where are you now oh i've drifted pastor repent that's what i love about gospel See, when you preach a biblical gospel, you got to see how bad you are and how wretched and how simple, and then you get the good news of hope and the gospel, and then that that caused me to turn from this to become like him. So the table just reminds me over and over what a fool I am, what a sinner, but how God loves me. Anyway, I I could preach on the, uh, uh, let me get you to feel this, the most expensive meal. The bread represents life. Today we're going to receive the cup. It represents life for you and me. Nourishment, the body of Christ broken in our place. The cup represents new covenant. It represents salvation. Write that in there. The cup represents deliverance. That's what salvation means. I've been delivered. I don't know about you. I need to be delivered. I was delivered, transferred from the kingdom of darkness. I was delivered from darkness, transferred into the kingdom of light in him who loves me, according to Ephesians but i need daily deliverance from my sin nature from my temptations from my sin choices am i speaking to anybody that needs to hear that today hello does anybody need to be delivered today that's our savior he delivers not once he delivers daily oh i'm grateful for that yesterday here it is i go to about one game a year my friend from georgia invites me and really gracious and has me and so I'm over there yesterday at Auburn. I'm at the game. Hundred, know, who knows? Probably 130,000 people around the stadium. Lots of people. Place is packed. It's hot, sweaty, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this experience. And, and, and so the game, and we don't play good. and Then we get a little better, and then we're going to win. We can't put them away because we don't have the Alabama spirit or whatever. And I know y'all like that. You can send money to the church later. And then finally, it gets down, and we're going to get beat. And the referees, I, I gotta just tell you. But hey, I, you know what? If you gotta wait on the refs about the game, you didn't play very good, so just hang it up. And everybody starts booing and complaining. And in my flesh, I wanted to boo. And God says, "You are. Who do you say I am? We're gonna sing it tomorrow. I'm a child of God." And I wouldn't boo. And I wanted to on the inside. My flesh would stand up, go, "Oh!" Rah, rah. And, and my friend that took me, oh, he was yelling at him. And so were other people. But it was for me to go, no, this is a horrible witness. Just keep your mouth shut. Christ died to deliver you. And it's like the truth came to me. I came to deliver you from bad-mouthing them right now. Because you see, I didn't tell you this. On the way into the stadium, on the way in, I ran into some LSU fans that were very, very nice. And I've been on Nutrisystems now for the last 40-something days and been dropping lots of weight, and I hadn't been eating, eating. I eat stuff like this. It's pathetic. And, and this guy, he was Cajun. And he was hospitable. And he said, hey, brother, you want some wings? And I'm not a wing thing. He, I, I know, no. He said, how about, how about some Cajun sausage? And I thought, man, the devil just showed up. <laughs> I said, just one. And he, he offered over one. And I ate one. Oh, I burned all the way to the stadium. I was happy. And then after we left, total silence at Auburn University. Everybody walked out. You thought somebody had died. It was horrible. They did. <laughs> but here's why I tell you that story. Deliverance. It was for me yesterday. I had to apply God. I need to be delivered from what I want to say, but that's not appropriate. That's not God-honoring. Does that work for anybody today? Some of you are saying, oh, I ain't going to be an Auburn fan then. That's what I'm talking about. I just, it just, is my illustration. You probably got a better one, okay? Here's the bottom line. The cup represents salvation. So what I want us to do now is that we partake of the lord's supper the woman broke the alabaster flask and poured it jesus christ was broken in his body in his body that we might be forgiven take and eat this is my body do it in remembrance of me so this morning i want you to get ready i want uh Jeremy to come to the piano. I love this song. We sang it months ago Come to the table the table this section goes to that table. This section goes to that table people are there to serve you and Take the element of the body of Christ and dip it in the cup and receive this but today I didn't just talk about it. I've been preaching on it. Hopefully there's new symbolism. There's new meaning. There's new cleansing there's new power in this meal today, let's commemorate this meal of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jeremy, as you play this song, invite us through song, through invitation to come. All that will confess the Lord Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord, repent and come. Let's pray. God bless these elements today, the bread and the cup, and may we experience you, Lord Jesus, more fully today than we ever have come come lord jesus and sit among us and embrace us and forgive us in jesus name